Play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. It Thank sure you. is. It <laughs> sure is. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it seems like a while, even though we did put our episode out last week, but we did it just a little bit ahead of time, as I think Eric mentioned, <laughs> because we recorded it like two days before something big that Eric did, saw, and would have talked about on yeah. the episode that came out last week, but I was gone all last week. Oh, yeah. As far as uh, when we get into our section about talking about shows, oh, it's going to be a loaded bill, so to speak. <laughs> well, we got a lot to get to, because Eric's got all that. We have... Interview with Nicholas of the Runts. Eric took care of that last week while I was gone. That's included on this. A lot of great stuff to get to as per usual, so we're going to get right into it to to pack it all in. Uh, I'm going to start with the new releases. I'm going to start May. We're on May 10th when we're recording this. So on May 1st, uh, the band Unbeliever from Greece, they released War Sirens EP. I have it. Briefly listened to it. Definitely want to get back to hearing more of it. Antilexual released Together. On melodic punk style, Lasso, that was on the second. On the third, Lasso released Ordem Imaginata on Static Shock Records. On the fourth, Clayface released Element, Ailments, not Elements, Ailments on Horn and Hoof Records. Old released, self-titled Old, which is an LP on TOHC83. Then on the fifth, Drain released Living Proof on Epitaph Records. Galactic Empire released special edition on Pure Noise Records. That's basically metal for all of you Star Wars folks. They took a various Star Wars themes and uh, songs from the scores of the Star Wars movies, and they made them metal. So they're basically a John Williams cover band. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I know uh, Galactic Empire. I haven't seen them play live, but I've seen footage, and they dress up like the uh, like the Imperial Army and like all the. You know, you think of all the characters that were on the Death Star. They dress like stormtroopers. They dress like the Sith guards. They dress like, uh, you know, pretty much whoever, anything short of Darth Vader. Nice. Yep. So, of course, they're the they're the Empire. They're the Sith. They're the dark side. Because it's more metal that way. Excellent. That came out on Pure Noise Records. I briefly went through it. If you're into Star Wars and metal, this is for you. Check it out. On the 5th, Reckless Upstarts released We Walk Alone full length on Insurgents Records in Canada, LSM Vinyl here in the States, Tough Ain't Enough Records over there in Europe. It's awesome. I've listened to it already. Love that album. Iofi, uh, Destruction, and it's Irish. I, I'm sure there's something that if somebody who speaks Irish, uh, you know, the Irish dialect anyway. Try would, saying it in Irish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then it would probably make more sense. There you go. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. She, I don't she's know. a Paranoid Visions. She released in the blink of an eye EP on rotaryvinyl.com. Angry Corpses released Resurrected EP uh, on Upstate Records. Again, there's going to be a ton on the 5th as the 5th was Bandcamp Friday for May. Jughead's Revenge released Vulture's EP on Spam Records. The Bull Weevils released Essential. The Hit Priests released Rodin House Blues. Boot Boys out of Chile, they released Desde El Infierno on Lake Town Records and Liberty or Death Records. The Stress released a new EP, Never Die. That's a good EP. Live It Down released Thy Kingdom Come EP on Triple B Records. Pure Heel released Freedom From You on Irish Voodoo Records. 
Kirkby Kiss released a new single, Standards and Practices. Integrity released a single. It's called Skulls. Yes, it's a cover of the Misfits. That's the second time they have covered the Misfits. The other time <laughs> was during their uh, uh, their Closure album. I think it was, yeah, I think it was Closure. They uh, covered Hybrid Moments. Nice. And when I saw them live, they played that song. Well, maybe they'll be playing uh, Skulls at the next time you see them live. Yeah. They covered the Misfits, and they covered Motorhead. Nice. Yeah, I remember. I fuck. What song was it? It was back in. It was back in 2020. I remember playing it in December of that year because you know it was you know Lemmy's birthday, Lemmy's right. uh, anniversary of his death. So it, I figured it right that you know we do a punk rock band, well a hardcore band covering Motorhead because why not? It's fucking awesome. <laughs> I don't remember which song it was though. Maybe it was uh, Road Crew. I don't know, but. But besides the point, Integrity doing covers is fucking awesome. Nice. Well, speaking of Motorhead, the band Motor Mouth also released a self-titled 7-inch on Take the City Records. God Collider released Perihelion, which is a single. We'll get to that in a moment. Mm-hmm. Grave Secrets released a single, Anxious, on Wiretap Records. Throwing Stuff released No Gods, No Kings, which is a single on TNS Records. It's a good single, by the way. Uh, Def 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 released One by One. That's a single. We'll be talking about that later in the show. It's actually uh, not that new of a release. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I did some uh, research on it. It actually came out last year. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It just happened upon uh, Apple Music just last week. So then I went onto their band camp and realized, oh, wait a minute. This uh, came out. Uh, let's see. I have it written down here. Uh, yeah, March of last year. Okay. So, yeah, it's not a new song, but by all means was new to me. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, go check that out then. Uh, Paranoid, that uh, Swedish band that puts everything in, I think it's Japanese. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they put out a new single, Shiminenteki Fufukujuyu. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken from an upcoming six-track yeah. EP called SCUM. It's acronym SCUM. So that'll be coming out. Yeah, God, God only knows what that's going to stand for, right? <laughs> yeah, Shimmy and Dicky, Fufukugiu. I don't know. Maybe that's just how they say "fuck you" in Swedish. <laughs> it's one of those two, or maybe it's something different. Who knows? I don't know. But I should uh, put this in the translate. I'll be right back. White Collar released demo 2023 EP on Slow Death Records. Three other releases also on that same day from Slow Death Records, including Sprakta's Endless Vacation EP, Brain Candy's demo 2023 EP, and Obedience, I'm Tired of Being, which is their 2023 EP. Then on the 8th, Israel Joseph I released Meltdown on RotaryVinyl.com. The Arson Project released God Bless, which is a single snot, not that snot, it's a different snot, released One Way Home, One Way Hope, which is a demo single on Little Willie Records. Johnny Baseball out of Salt Lake released Pressure, which is a single on the 9th that features Spent. Dropkick Murphys uh, this Friday on the 12th will be releasing Okuma Rising. Never Ending Game is releasing Outcry on Triple B Records. Gatu Plan, all one word, releasing Valkomen Till Underjorden. Yeah, that's going to be on the 12th as well. Hingara is releasing So Disappear, which is an EP on Indecision Records. Mean Seasons releasing Go to Hell on Indecision Records. Squelette is releasing Fin de Partie on Primator Crew. 
Broken Bomb is releasing Full Mental Racket on Catabomb Records, I believe. And I think I announced that for last month, like April 30th, but it got bumped, it looks like. So it should be getting released on the 12th. Empire Down and Liberty and Justice are putting out a split that should be out on Primator Crew that's coming out on the 12th. Though Liberty and Justice just pushed their tracks from the split out today on Bandcamp. So if you want to check those out early, you can. The Old Breed and Squared Off are putting out a split. It comes out the 13th. None the Wiser releasing self-titled. None the Wiser on Melodic Punk Style. Mind War releasing Still at War on Triple B Records. Decent Criminal releasing There's More to It Than Climbing. Jay Navarro and The Traders releasing All of Us or None on the 19th. Svetlana's are releasing The Aliens Blues EP on Demons Run Amok. And finally, Angry Youth Elite is releasing It's Gonna Be Bad. Uh, I think there's a few others that I don't have release dates for that could fall in that window, but if they do, we'll talk about them next week. Eric, what do you have to add to the list? I have a bit. <clears throat> so going back to the uh, second, uh, Rancid released a second single from their upcoming album, Tomorrow Never Comes, Don't Make Me Do It. And this is their sort of uh, uh, token hardcore-ish song. Nice. Like You think of Indestructible and you think of the song Out of Control. They're out of control, they're out of control, they're out of control. Yeah. That's As what this song is. Lars and or Matt on vocals. It features Lars. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Don't make me do it. Also on the second, uh, the bands Boris and Uniform made a uh, track together called You Are the Beginning. And that will be coming up on a new album um, coming out in June, The Bright New Disease. And, oh, man, it is a good one. Damn, that's a good one. I can't wait to play it uh, next week. Cool. And on the 4th, we had uh, quite a bit of uh, release day here. We have uh, Never Ending Game releasing the Hate Today, Die Tomorrow EP. Uh, Dirty Nil released a uh, single from their upcoming album, Celebration. Uh, Street Power released a single called Snakes and Rats, which features, uh, I can assume, the singer of Buried Dreams. On the 4th... Uh, also on the fourth, Suck, that's S-U-C-C, released Better Fucking Things to Do. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, maybe fuck F-U-C-C <laughs> or F-U-K-K. There we go. There you go. Uh, yes, and on the fifth, yeah, Drain, God Collider, and Paranoise releasing, uh, well, it, I have it pulled up right here. It's actually pronounced. Zindeki Vufkizhu. There you go. And that is actually Japanese, not Swedish, Japanese for civil disobedience. Okay. So, yeah, pretty pretty badass name. Uh, however, also on the 5th, uh, Pure Heel released Freedom From You, uh, Death Goals released Garden of Dead Flowers EP, and Spinebreaker released Cavern of Inoculated Cognition EP. Congratulations, you have access to a dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's like the uh, the Narc album personifying the antithesis of uh, human decency or the American dream or whatever the fuck it was called. <laughs> the, that's the problem. The title is too long, too many syllables. At least not your band name. <laughs> uh, actually, I guess Narc was making up for that. There's only one syllable in their name, so it's like, okay, well we can just go fucking ham on the album titles or the song titles. <laughs> yeah, man. At least you didn't go the way of Nile. Their song titles are sentences. Uh, yeah, it might be a bit, a bit longer. <laughs> a bit, a bit. And some of their songs are very long. They're a progressive death metal band, so yeah, you kind of get what you're uh, reading. Anyway, 
On the 8th, Gouge Away released Idealized Single. as a, It's a single. And on the 19th, Downside will be releasing their Dark Patterns and Intrusive Thoughts. All of them. All on us. <laughs> yeah. uh, but their music is, uh, yeah, their music is pretty fucking cool. Anyway, that's all I've got for uh, new releases. Um, a lot of them are sounding good. A lot of them I'm looking forward to. Excellent. Well, we're going to get into the music portion of the show now. So what, what new music do you have? Well, I'm going to be talking about the, the latest signal, single, excuse me, from God Collider. Now, God, Maybe Collider, God Collider is sending a signal. With the single. <laughs> a signal from the... Yes, a signal from the single. And maybe it's saying something. It actually is saying something. Now, these guys formed in uh, Los Angeles uh, in around 2018, I want to say. At least that's when their first EP was released. Uh, it was formed by uh, Todd Cooper and Fred Ziomek, who, were, who basically uh, were f- uh, born and raised in Richmond, Virginia. And... Yeah, they basically formed this band after uh, moving out to L.A. And Todd, he originally left to become a youth pastor. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was raised as a Christian, but his uh, shifting views regarding Christianity influenced him to distance himself from the church. And that basically became the uh, caveat for his lyrical enterprise. Cool. Yeah, and it was showcased in their debut EP. That was released on Indecision Records, 2018. Great EP, by the way. Damn, is it a banger. Anyway, that same uh, vitriol has carried over into their latest single, Perihelion, from their upcoming Unhallowed Blasphemies EP. I'm like, yeah, that sounds brutal as fuck. It sounds black metal as fuck. (laughs) Unhallowed Blasphemies. Well, these guys aren't black metal at all. These guys are, uh, you know, it's it's got heavy riffs, got chunky breakdowns, and lyrical rhetoric criticizing people's blind faith. What more could you want from a hardcore song? Am I right? I feel right. like I say that a lot on this show. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm playing a lot of hardcore music. But this one is different. <laughs> I don't know. I'll let you guys be the judges on that. This is God Collider's new song. This is Perry Hillian.
That's about as black metal as it's going to get in that little final <laughs> gurgle right there. <laughs> so, yeah, God Collider, they're, uh, yeah, they're one of the newest heavy hitters in uh, modern-day hardcore, and I am happy for it because this shit is sounding awesome. Cool. So, yeah, I'm, uh, there is no... Um, there's no release date as of yet for their uh, Unhallowed Blasphemies EP, but I'm assuming that it'll come out within the next uh, couple of months. So uh, I'm going to keep my ears open for that. I'll have, uh, you know, I have updates coming in from uh, Bandcamp and and from Apple Music alike. So we'll see. We will see because, d- God damn, I want to hear more. God damn, God Collider. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we got a bunch of bands that shared music. Uh, I'm booked out into June, like late June, I think. I'm trying to get them all on there. I was so caught up on the emails, and then I just got bombarded again, and I was out of town last week and just didn't keep up. So, again, if you're sending stuff, <laughs> if I don't get it on this show, I'm going to try to get it over on Pumpkin Eye Worldwide. We're looking to start in something else here in the next couple weeks as well. So just know we'll get to it. I'll get to you. I promise. Now we're getting to Jim. Uh, Thank you, Jim. The band Wayward Brigade, Jim sent an email way back in January. The band <laughs> Wayward Brigade put out an EP called West End Tragedy. It came out on November 1st of 2022, so just at the end of the last year. They're from Hagerstown in Maryland, and we're going to check out a track off of it called House of Cards. We'll check this out together. Then you can go check out the rest of West End Tragedy. So here we go. Here is Wayward Brigade.
House of Cards. That's Wayward Brigade. Yeah, the House of Cards are falling down. Yes, they are. So are we going to pick them back up again and then build it? Or are we going to make it more structurally sound? Let's do number two. Yeah, might I say, uh, <laughs> might I suggest super glue? Or better yet, how about bricks? Right. House of bricks? Come on. <laughs> Even the wolf can't blow that down. Uh, that's cool stuff. They're out of Maryland. Go check out the rest of West End Tragedy off that EP. Thank you again, Jim. On to the next, Les Dandies, Les Dandy Decadents. They're out of Paris, France, I think. Uh, I want to thank Tristan, Sebastian, and Lavinia uh, for sharing the EP Anti-Modernus. Uh, that EP came out December 16th of 2022. They got that email end of January. So, yeah, like I say, I'm getting to all the stuff. Uh, between the two shows here, I'll get it on there. But we're only doing one episode a week, and we only have – there's a limited number of slots. What can I say? I know. Limited number of time. Yeah. We're, we're packing these in. Amount of time. <laughs> yeah. Number of minutes. <laughs> right. Uh, this band's cool, though. Four cool tracks on this EP. We're going to listen to Hermes in just a moment. Just to let you know, the influences from the band range from Killing Joke to Bowie to Bauhaus to Wipers – We'll see what you think based on that. Hmm. Uh, Sounds uh, of uh, their influences are of a similar distinction to the sound of my pick that's coming up next. Well, uh, we played them in great order by coincidence because we always do. Eric always picks his stuff exclusively. Like We'll let you know if we're intentionally picking based on something else. Doesn't happen very often. Yeah. We're usually he's picking his stuff. I'm I'm <laughs> picking mine. Which uh, again, coincidence. We'll listen Just to the butterfly effect. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll listen to Les Dandy Decadents, Hermes. Let's go.
influences just kind of put all those influences in a blender is that what we should be getting gotta guess i don't know this was pretty abstract <laughs> <laughs> they were speaking in french they're a french band so that probably uh for from our perspective anyway furthers that abstract well yeah it does but you know language barrier aside it's the uh it's the sound that I was listening to. I didn't know how to categorize that. <laughs> right, I don't either. Yeah, I wasn't even sure what uh, what band or bands they were trying to emulate there. But it's, you know, I guess that's the that works to their advantage. You know, it makes True. it unique. Absolutely. Well, check out Les Dandy Decadents and Anti Modernes. I'm sure I'm not getting those quite accurate, but thank you again to Tristan, Sebastian, and Lavinia. Eric, let's get into your older, lesser known. Uh, we talked about having the date incorrect at the beginning of the show. <laughs> yes, we did. This, uh, yeah, the new single by uh, Def Def Def. Now they are, uh, yeah, they are a uh, sort of a post-punk, uh, new wave-ish band that just came out of uh, Manchester. That's in the UK. For those of you who don't know, they are one of those. Uh, uh, COVID bands, those isolated bands, the quarantine bands, you know, because <laughs> they, they formed in 2020. And yeah, they've been, uh, I was uh, exposed to them via, 
uh, the backseat map, the uh, backseat mafia, mafia. God damn. Let me try that again. <laughs> I was exposed to them through uh, the backseat mafia when I was writing for them for a time in uh, 2021. And I still have my review here from when they uh, released their single, the newest single at the time, which was Nothingness. And I described it as a, uh, let's see, uh, Nothingness and the prior single, uh, Bodies. It's like, currently, Def 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 has two songs under their belts with Bodies, released in October of 2020, and Nothingness, released the following December. Bodies has a strong, was a f- strong first outing with his guitars emanating a psychedelic atmosphere and clean yet aggressive vocals. And nothingness, however, proves wrong any expectations of Def 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 being a one-trick pony, allowing the guitars a slight upheaval in aggressive output whilst maintaining melodious counterpoints to offset the otherwise rough exterior. So yeah, that's a lot of words. <laughs> a lot of syllables in those words. Yes, I'm guilty of that too. So yeah, but it's different when you're writing a review compared to putting out an album title, you know, or a mm-hmm. song title, or even a band name. Those are typically brief. Well, yes, yeah, they are brief. But also, <laughs> when uh, writing a review, you don't want to use so many long words in there, like fifty dollars words, as they're described, to just sort of, you know, you run the risk of alienating the readers. True. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like walking that that tightrope of, you know, I don't want to say like I'm speaking to them as if I were speaking to a baby. Just like, yeah, it's so, it's so simple. Even you will get it. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't want to, to sound super poetic. You know, I don't want to be one of those uh, armchair critiques that's got a little monocle in his eye and is just (laughs) twirling his mustache and having a tea, a little cup of tea on a saucer and everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, this music is quite enjoyable. Uh, you know, got to find the nice little happy medium. Anyway, uh, back to back to Def Def Def, uh, Triple D's. <laughs> they, yeah, ever since uh, Bodies and Nothingness, they released uh, Odes in April of 2021, and they released City Song in July of that year. And then almost a year later, March, they released this one, One by One. And every time I see One by One, it makes me think of that Alkaline Trio song, This Could Be, this could be Love. She cut off my fingers one by one, <laughs> one by one. Oh, man, I love that song. It's so depressing. But then again, it's Alkaline Trio. The, do they know anything else? <laughs> well, besides that and uh, Addiction, I guess. They literally have an album called Addiction. <laughs> anyway, um, so yes, one by one. It's still kind of uh, <clears throat> uh, honing in on that uh, psychedelic spread just in, its, uh, in the guitar overtones. And it's also got some nice echoing vocals. They're really laying into that uh, that reverb. Um, and for the most part, it stays relatively reserved, but it does pick up when it's needed. So it's, uh, you know, you think late 70s, early 80s, uh, what was called post-punk. You know, it's not necessarily dark wave like Joy Division or super jumpy and uppity like a Depeche Mode or The Stranglers or anything like that. But it's still got that... Uh, uh, that sort of dreary sound to it. Just sort of uh, kind of has a degree of melancholy to it. So uh, you guys be the judge of that. This is One by One from Def Def Def.
so dreamy, yet so uneasy at the same time. <laughs> right. You know, it's just so like, uh, it's like I'm feeling comfortable, too comfortable. I don't know why. Something is about to happen. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's the latest from uh, Def Def Def. I've yet to see anything be released uh, beyond that of a single. Well, they did do uh, some live sessions. It was like BBC Studio sessions. That was uh, yeah, and that's technically an EP, but you know, a proper EP with like brand new music and you know something that they worked hard on. It's kind of like uh, what I've been expecting from Jigsaw Youth. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Or what I was expecting from Cuffs for the longest time. Yeah. And then they fin- delivered. Finally. Finally. Thank you, Cuffs. <laughs> yeah. I got to listen to that album again. It's been a few months. It has. Yeah. It was great. It was great. I assume still is great. Hopefully my, hopefully I haven't changed my, my opinion on that given my absence. Right? Yeah, but we'll only uh, we'll only find out when I do, and I guess we'll only find out when uh, you know if Def 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 keeps uh, trudging on and you know releases more music, hopefully more than just one song at a time. Right. Yeah, I know that the album is dead, but some of us still prefer it that way. True. That's some not, of us do. Yeah, not that way. Some of us still prefer to listen to the music in bulk. Right. <laughs> Goddamn. All right. So yep. It's a good song, and I hope to hear more good songs coming from these guys sooner rather than later. All right. uh, We're going to talk about some live shows in just a moment. Got a track from a band, Friends from Peru. The band is Escormento Social. Uh, They started this band way back in 2011, so 12 years as a band. Congratulations to them. Ten years after they were a band, December 1st of 2021, they put out an album. So I'm going to give you some Spanish translations. Uh, Escormento social is social excrement, if you couldn't figure that out on your own. Well, I was just going to say social shit, but... (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So that's what the SS stands for. (laughs) Makes sense. It actually does. (laughs) Uh, The name of the album in Spanish is... Como quieres que sea un nombre correcto? Which translates into English as, how do you want me to be a correct man? Huh. Hmm. How should I be? <laughs> right. So that's the name of the release they put out December 1st of 2021. Again, we're 2023, so about a year and a half ago is when that came out. I want to thank Michael uh, Sulka Kolan, who sent a message to me uh, about checking this out and getting it on the show. So we're getting it on the podcast here. Uh, the name of the track that we're going to play from that release is... La Perra de Mi Mujer. Which translates to my wife's bitch. <laughs> so is that like a, uh, is that a slander on yourself? Or does she have a, another bitch that we don't know about? That is the or question. She, or one that she thinks you don't know about. <laughs> hmm? All right. Well, my curiosity's peaked. Well, from our Peruvian brothers, they're, they're going to put out uh, this track. If you understand it in Spanish, maybe you'll figure it out. Otherwise, let's enjoy it. Here is Escuramento Social. Mi mujer me ha entablado una demanda. Sé que ya no volverá a ver a la niña. ¿Dónde diablos sacaré yo más plata? Por tu culpa ya no puedo trabajar. Porque te gusta joder. Policía, por más que diga que todas están 
Escremento Social. I dig the the saxophone and punk songs, man. Yeah, just like <laughs> yeah, just like how X Ray Specs used to do it. Yeah, and how uh, Fear did it for a time. Right. Though it, though it was used for a satirical edge, but still, right, <laughs> still sounds cool. I dig it. Uh, there you go. That's uh, that portion of the show. Yep. Uh, thank you again to the band, uh, Escremento Social, and all the bands that shared music with us. No, gonna... I was trying to figure out like uh, what the song, who the bitch was in that song. Did you figure it out? Well, no, because I forget. I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried looking up the lyrics to see if I could uh, get them through a translator, but there are none. <laughs> So I'm afraid I'm going to have to learn Spanish to really get what this song is about. <laughs> or if you uh, Spanish speakers out there, uh, when we post this, uh, feel free to send us a message to uh, kind of uh, verify what the song is actually about. If you were paying attention. Right. And if not, go back and listen to it again or just go find Escarmento Social and check it out. Yeah. Send them an email. It's like, the fuck is that song is, a, is, is that Who's song the bitch? about? Who's your wife's bitch? Who's the bitch? Who's the bitch? <laughs> I'm the bitch. <laughs> All right. Well, we got an interview to get to. Eric's got a lot of stuff to get to on this portion, so we're getting right into it. Eric, live shows, what have you seen? Oh, God. <laughs> so uh, this is a uh, – we've been backed up for two weeks right. of shows. So let's kind of get the uh, the big one out of the way. Let's talk about the General Violence Conference. Oh, man, this was a scorcher. This was a badass show. And before that, we had the pre-show, which I attended at Aces High the night prior. And that was including the band's Hungry Ass Youth, The Foilies, Bridge Dweller, No Man, Dumpster Burner, Generation Y, and Bees Trigger. I didn't see all the bands, but I did see Generation Y. They're a a pretty standard grind band, three-piece. They're actually pretty badass. And I got to see some uh, Hungry Ass Youth and No Ma'am. They were fucking awesome. Cool. I remember No Ma'am. They covered uh, Ready to Fight by Negative Approach, just as they did last year. And <laughs> just like last year, I jumped on the stage and stole the mic from them. Hungry Ass Youth also covered uh, World Peace by Chromags. So, of course, I jumped on the stage for that. Last year when I saw them, they covered Power by Agnostic Front. Oh, nice. So, yeah, they are they are dead set on a lot of New York hardcore sounds. Uh, let's see. I missed the Foilies when I came in, and Bridge Dweller, I can't remember uh, I can't remember if it was them or Dumpster Burner who played, but Bees Churger was actually very interesting. I mean, their name is pretty interesting as well, but their True. singer, holy hell, he had such a demanding presence, and his dress, his wardrobe was loud. Like, super bright colors he he was dressed in like a clothes that you would sooner th see in a thrift store and he was just uh he was just dancing around like a maniac and oh man i just loved the cut of his jib with his <laughs> as far as his vocals are concerned he was doing deep gutturals just like and just like yelling very fucking hard and just screaming he was maniacal on stage and off stage he was also pretty maniacal, but he was one of those guys talks a mile a minute, gets super excited, and just like, just seems to be looking everywhere at once. I'm like, okay, this guy's a lot, <laughs> but in a good way, not like, uh, <clears throat> not a lot where you have to, uh, you know, kind of call the cops. But <laughs> nah, not with him, not with him, and not with his band. So that was a good little. Uh, let's see, 
I described it as a bit of a sample for the brutality that would ensue in less than 24 hours. That's how I put it in the uh, group chat. Nice. Because <laughs> some people are like, how was the pre-show? And that's exactly how I described it. So let's get down to it. The General Violence fucking conference. Oh, man, there were so many bands on there, uh, some of which I didn't see because... I was either just uh, manning the merch table, or I was out in the uh, parking lot kicking back some brews with my homies. Nice. So, yeah. But a lot of the bands were cool, but I performed at this show, and not only did I perform once, I also did twice. Nice. So this is actually pretty funny. The One of the bands actually dropped off, or, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know what the reason was, but uh, the band Rise and Strike, they didn't play. So Spencer, he messaged the group chat on Instagram. Hey, um, any bands want to uh, cover their set? And some bands were going around saying, how about this one? How about this one? And they were like, oh, we can't do it for one reason or another. And then they uh, said, hey, maybe we should get Assy's Foot to play. Somebody <laughs> contact Landon. And I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> so I contact Landon. They bring him into the group chat. It's like, are you guys down to do an Assy's Foot show? Okay, this is less than 24 hours notice, but we're down. We'll think of something. Because in Assy's Foot Show, uh, we don't play music. We we play instruments, <laughs> but we don't play music. <laughs> That's the, uh, I mean, I've gone on and on. Maybe I should play Assy's Foot on this show one day. One day. I'll play a whole album. It's the, it's the length of one song. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you'll get the idea. But the thing was, we like to do performance. We are a performance art group. We're not a band. We're a performance art. That's what it is. There you go. Yeah. So at our first show, I mean, we have yet to top that. I mean, just to kind of give you the Cliff Notes version, we had um, our friend Chris, who was a saxophone player. He was wearing a hazmat suit. And our drummer at the time was another man named Landon who was wearing nothing but one of those banana hammocks. You know, the ones that you see on Borat. Nice. And we also had our friend and my other guitarist, Ethan, who was wearing a baby mask <laughs> and covered in blood and was playing a guitar with his drill. And we also had our friends in uh, the band Dick Blood doing some harsh noise shit. And we also had a George Foreman grill, which was mic'd up. And we had somebody uh, pressing stakes on there and throwing them at the audience. Wow. <laughs> yep. And we had a sex doll with the uh, Sharon Tate face on it. <laughs> so, yeah, the Sharon Tate sex doll. And from our friend David Overstreet, he painted a huge mural of, uh, of Sharon Tate. And that was the backdrop for our show. So that was a pretty, that was our first real show. We played for all of like maybe six or seven minutes and then the power blew out for the entire <laughs> block. So it was dead. <laughs> we were done. Uh, then our next show was about two years later at Wild Pepper Pizza. And being that it was a pizza shop, we decided to make a human pizza. So we uh, laid down a tarp. We laid our uh, friend Kyle, who was incredibly tall, by the way, and I was dousing him in pizza sauce. Oh, by the way, we were all wearing uh, Papa John's masks. Okay. <laughs> which were just, uh, you know, printouts of his face. We just poked out the eyes, and we just taped it to our face. Nice. <laughs> That's how you do it. All so right. yeah, dousing him in pizza sauce, throwing cheese and pepperoni and uh, whatever on him, and just like... Uh, throwing it out to the audience and then we just wrapped him up in the tarp and we carried him out <laughs> like it was a body bag it was like the human pizza roll <laughs> so that was our second show this one well 
we didn't have much time to uh, prep for this one. So me and Landon, we went to the thrift shop. We bought a bunch of uh, white clothes. And we went to the Walmart, bought ourselves a uh, a tub, some uh, uh, off-brand Kool-Aid. Great value brand Kool-Aid, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and, then we, uh, and then we just decided, all right, we're going to do a sort of a Jim Jones Children of God thing. We also bought a paint roller. Okay. <laughs> so what we did is we filled this huge vat up with uh, nothing but this off-brand Kool-Aid. Uh, me, Landon, Chris, and his uh, and Landon's cousin River were all dressed in white, and we also had like white slippers, the kind that they give you at hotel spas. <laughs> <laughs> and and we all had like uh, we all took these little paper shot glasses of uh, Kool Aid, and we were handing them out to people. And then we just raised one, and and then. Uh, uh, we had a little um, uh, salsa song playing over the PA as our sort of uh, intro music, but it was a song that Landon concocted, and then it just like downturns, and then it plays the audio from the uh, from this uh, crack awareness PSA. Okay, that had Pee Wee Herman on it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just uh, um, Paul Rubens. It was it was Paul Rubens doing the character of Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> it's like this is crack. And it can kill you. <laughs> so we had that playing as our intro music. And it was, yeah. So a bunch of uh, chaos ensued. We had, I was just dipping the paint roller in the vat and just going around and just sloshing people with them. I handed the mic off to randos in the crowd just to fucking yell the lyrics. And we also uh, preluded this set with like, hey, we're Assy's Foot. We're going to play our entire discography at once. <laughs> and after the set, I said, thank you. That was a cover. <laughs> the funny thing is we actually had our set list written out. Like we had actual song titles on there, which are our quote songs. <laughs> and I'm just like, eh. <laughs> yeah, we may as well have just played all that. <laughs> They're terrible. Uh, but we had friends there who were uh, catching uh, photos and even catching it on film. So you'll be able to see that, guys. <laughs> I mean, you can still see some photos that are up on the uh, Instagram, but that was Assy's Foot's uh, spur-of-the-moment show. And wouldn't you know it, Anonymous had to play next. <laughs> right after? Right after. Well, not wow. exactly right after. The thing was, they had it set up where there were uh, two stages, one on the east, one on the west side. And we were playing on the west side for both bands. Okay. So the idea was like one band stops then on one stage, then another one starts on the other one. So we had a 20-minute uh, buffer time, as it were. So that was enough to uh, get rid of those uh, fucking uh, Kool-Aid-soaked clothes, get into my uh, regular garb, and get everybody up on the stage, all mic-checked and everything. And, oh, man, we were... So we were told that it was going to be backlined, right? That included the drums. Okay. However, we were not aware that we had to bring our own hardware. Uh -huh. So all the poles that hold up the cymbals and the toms and everything uh, were not available. And so it was like, um, yeah, we kind of need that. Right. <laughs> Thankfully, a lot of bands on this bill were my friends. So they offered up their uh, hardware to for them to for, oh, uh, have first said to use. So... Thank you for that. Yeah. Also, we needed uh, a <laughs> we needed some help with Acid's Foot's gear. <laughs> I was like, Tyler, can we use your bass head? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, moving on from there. 
yeah, Anonymous, we played a pretty good set. We had to play a shortened set. We uh, cut two songs out of our set list because, well, we wanted to play the two new ones. And because our set in total on a regular day is about 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And we had to chop that in half, but it worked. Good. Yeah. And people were going people were going nuts. People were having a good time and uh and yeah, there was still a lot of uh, Kool-Aid on the ground, so <laughs> people were getting so sticky. So yeah, the so yeah, Anonymous is set. It was pretty good. wasn't our best, but also it was not our worst. We had a good time. Good. Yeah, I feel it was better than the first time we played uh, GBC. Cool. Yeah. So so yeah, we did pretty well. Anyway, as for the other bands on here, yeah, we had a. Uh, Oh, God, who didn't we have? I remember watching Snuff Tape from a distance because they're, uh, they're a beat-down band. Their shows get pretty uh, violent. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly violent, but just rowdy. You know, you have a lot of fists that you got to dodge. Right. You know, and uh, Snuff Tape, uh, Alec, when he uh, took the stage, he said, we're Snuff Tape and we're not a hardcore band. We're a beat-down band. I was like, <laughs> ah, there, there it is. <laughs> and it's like, oh, Portraits. I got to see them for a little bit, just uh, about maybe five minutes of their set, uh, but then I had to help uh, load in all the gear. Cool. Yeah, that happens. Part, yeah. of, part of the fest, right? Yeah, part of the fest, part of just uh, playing shows in general. Yeah, but, but that's okay. Portraits plays, uh, you know, every other week, it seems. <laughs> and I love those guys. Those guys are fucking awesome. Their, their music is crazy, and their stage presence is crazy, and... I think Bob from Snake Eyes might be uh, drumming for them now. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't know if he was just a fill-in for that specific day or if he's, uh, or if he's legitimate. I don't know. Anyway, uh, let's see. Who else did I see? I saw the Foilies from a distance. I was kind of uh, watching them while I was waiting for my uh, burger to come in because Andrew from Mark of the Bistro, he was there cooking his uh, vegan patties nice. and his vegan brats, and they are awesome. It's it may be ten dollars, but it's uh, it's worth it. It's a good burger. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and of course you're in a festival. You're rotting in the sun. You don't really have much choice. <laughs> <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah, unless you want to go down to the street, the gateway to buy some overpriced crap. Yeah, I'd rather support. Yeah, I'd rather support some uh, local overpriced food. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, but. Oh, yeah, and Shades Brewing was there. They were offering their drinks. Uh, yeah, my friends were being the bartenders there. Loved it. Yeah, bartenders, they're not making drinks, but they're opening the cans for you. Right. <laughs> and pouring the drinks. So, so yeah, that was nice. Uh, let's see. What other bands did I see? Well, let's get to some of the uh, big ones. Let's see. Threer had a fucking great, uh, great set. Uh, Snake Eyes also fucking ripped everybody in half. Uh, hungry ass youth. They were also yeah. They were fun. Even were they more fun than the night prior? Eh, not really. I preferred <laughs> the in the enclosed space of being in the club. Cool. Yeah. Not to say they didn't put on a bad set. They did a good set. They even played the crew from uh, Seven Seconds. Awesome. Yeah, and they did one song uh, by uh, by Slapshot or Judge. I can't remember which one it was. I mean, I can't remember the song so to speak, but <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, there was also the, uh, oh, yes, Rankin Vile. Oh, man, I was excited to see Rankin Vile again. And, yep, they basically played their whole album live. Give or take one or two songs, but it, it was pretty close. It might as well have been. They don't have very long songs. 
But I was excited to see them. I talked with their uh, guitarist, and he gave me a shout out, like saying, "Hey, thanks for playing us on the punk cast." I was like, "Oh, you remembered? How do you know me? I didn't even, I didn't even <laughs> get to really introduce myself." <laughs> but hey, thank the pleasure was all mine. I love you guys. That's awesome. And he also was a, he was also just a speaking praises of Salt Lake and how great our scene was and how he loved us and just talking shit on his hometown in Portland. It's like, <laughs> there's always the cool guy club up there. Everyone's better than everyone else. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's stupid. It's yeah. not about the cliques. Right. I hate the cliques in this fucking scene. It's like, you guys, we were, we're part of the scene because we were never part of the cool guy club. Right. So we created our own. And now you're creating these little, uh, <clears throat> these little uh, sections. It's like, no, my scene is better than you. My scene, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that goes through all the scenes. I guess in SLC Punk, they call that the mod. Right. Yeah, John the mod. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, rank and vile kicked ass. Wake of humanity. My God, was that was that exhilarating. I was excited to see them. I was just front and fucking center. There's this one fucking kid who was just moshing into me, and I was like, eh, back off. I said back off. I said back off. He just <laughs> it was a repeat offender. Yeah, but this is the end of the day. Everyone's already pretty uh, spent, pretty burned out, and pretty uh, maybe sloshed a little bit. <laughs> uh, but it was great. You know, they put on a hell of a set. They didn't play anything from the At Capacity EP. I was kind of bummed. I was like, come on. I wanted to go, we are the bottom line. Uh, so, but it's okay. They played a lot of shit from Fight Resist, and I was happy to be there. Cool. Even got some mic time on, uh, uh, I can't remember which song, but I did get mic time. Awesome. Yeah. Like, I can't remember the title. Yeah. No, it wasn't that one. Okay, never mind. <laughs> uh Yep, met up with uh, Chris, caught up with him a little bit. He's, <clears throat> yeah, he was still thankful for us uh, interviewing him and thankful to coming out the show and all the, you know, all the usual stuff that a uh, that a very polite man in a band like that would say. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see, choke. They were fucking great. Although I was watching them while uh, doing, uh, I guess, still doing merch. We had a we had my friend Nikki do, uh, running merch for us. And she was on the worst side of the festival. <laughs> she was on the west side, or not the west side, the east side, which means uh, the sun was hanging sun. over the west. I was going back and checking up on her every half hour or so, and I swear to God, she was getting more red each time I came back. <laughs> it's, it's because she is super pale, so that means she gets super burnt. I mean, I got super burnt, but I have the olive skin, so it, like, it evens out into a very nice and sexy tan. <laughs> and tan, I did get. Tan, I can. <laughs> uh, yeah. But Choke was awesome from, uh, from where I was uh, spectating. It was awesome seeing those guys. And, and yeah, the showstopper, the one that pretty much closed out the festival, Cancer fucking Christ. So let me, uh, set, this, let me set this for you. It's the, it's the bottom of the ninth. Bases are loaded. <laughs> uh, no, the the stage was loaded with these little reptilian creatures. If you may have re you may remember the last time I was talking about Cancer Christ when we interviewed Spencer and Tyler for the for the GBC episode. <clears throat> um, yeah, Cancer Christ has uh, a lead singer. That's Anthony, who is a heavily bearded man. Like he is, uh, 
you know, he is well endowed with the fuzz. <laughs> and he's got a uh, he's got a priest robe that's just covered in blood, and he's coming out with a fucking crucifix. And he's just got this intense look on his face. Like, he's just very maniacal. <laughs> and his backing band is, you know, people who look uh, pretty regular, but they're wearing uh, lizard masks, like overhead masks. And those are his, uh, that's his reptilian backing band. Now, the lore goes that he actually found them chained up in a basement of a church, and he let them go, and they basically became part of his uh, clan. And that's how the band formed. <laughs> and also, uh, Anthony's wife was uh, dressed up as a nun with her tits hanging out, pasties and everything. Wow. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. And, of course, she's wearing the reptilian mask. <laughs> so, yeah, but the stage was set, but the first... The first uh, notation of action came from in the crowd. There is uh, Anthony's wife holding up a burning Bible with a trail of lizard people following her. And they're ripping up pages, throwing them out to the audience while still on fire, mind you. Just whoosh, whoosh. I'm like, Jesus, this is getting intense. And then Cancer Christ takes the stage and they just start pulsating with their fucking grind imminence, the pig destroyer sound that I was talking about. Oh man, I was having a great fucking time. I expected it to be more like a guar show, like I expected them to be like throwing, uh, not throwing, squirting blood at the audience, but no, they just kept throwing uh, burning uh, Bible pages at us, which, okay. which is uh, pretty cool. But no, they actually had a uh, different plan. They got a uh, kiddie pool, which uh, was bought that same day, <laughs> be, and they filled it with what was basically going to be blood, you know, blood. <laughs> and and at the end of their set, you know, they're done. They're done playing music. Anthony steps off on the stage and says, "All right." We talked about how all the churches are bullshit and cancer Christ is the one true religion. So if you believe in that, gather around this pool and we will baptize you. <laughs> and yep, about four to six people at a time got into the kiddie pool. They sat in it and, and uh, Anthony gave this little uh, speech, this little uh, sermon. And then it's like, now you will get baptized. And then they, uh, and then they just uh, dip themselves into the fucking uh holy water the holy blood <laughs> and they just start splashing it on everybody and it's like okay round two who else wants to get baptized they did like three or four times i didn't get baptized because well i was dealing with kool-aid earlier i think i've been i think it was pretty good uh, then afterwards i went and uh, talked with anthony and told him about the assy's foot set saying like uh we uh lubed them up for you so they're ready <laughs> Uh, super nice guy. Uh, same thing with his wife, whose uh, name I can't remember. But they were, yeah, they were really nice, really chill people, just really warm and inviting. Cool. So I guess that's what you have to be like if you're a priest. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, th there was GVC for you. That's uh, and that is, but the abridged version of what I of what I saw throughout that day, all the experiences. Uh, but the the bands were awesome. It was great to see so many different types of bands in the heavy metal circuit or the punk rock circuit, all just on this one festival with stacked bills. I loved it. That's awesome. Yeah. And Spencer, I'm still waiting to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, moving on from there. Uh, yeah, what was the next show I saw? Oh, yeah. I'll be talking about this show 
Well, I'll be talking about this band in just a few minutes because The Runts is the next show that I saw. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, The Runts. And that was a, uh, you know, that was with uh, Narc, Betty, Bound, and Hong Kong Fuck You. Now, I got to that show a little late. I caught the tail end of uh, Betty's set. And Betty, they were, uh, they were cool. You know, I don't think they're anything to write home about, but yeah, they're all right. Uh, yeah, their guitarist I know, I know pretty well. That's uh, Jakey, who also uh, joined us on the Assy's Foot show, mind you. <laughs> he played the accordion terribly, awesome. I might add. <laughs> but that's kind of the point. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, we have my friend R.E. from Ribbons. He uh, drummed for us as well. So, so yeah, like we just uh, gathered up a bunch of people. It's sort of last minute. But it's easy because it's like, you don't have to learn anything. Just fuck around. <laughs> <laughs> just trust us. We're doing all the, all the heavy work, all the heavy lifting. Okay, yeah, I won't be able to shut up about Essie's foot. So uh, let's scroll it on back. So, yeah, I saw Betty and then, uh, yeah, and then the runts were up next. And I got to... Yeah, I got to see Nicholas once again in person, and he was like, "All right, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Uh, let's, uh, you know, let's chill after the show." Okay, killer. And and yeah, I saw them play, just super fast, energetic, hardcore punk from the days of old, and I loved it. I'm really sad to see them go, but you know, you'll understand why when we get into the interview. But right. before we do that, I got to talk about Hong Kong. Fuck you. These guys, holy shit. I was not expecting that. It wasn't until after they uh, set up on stage that I realized they had not one, not two, but three bassists. Wow. Three. And the lead singer who also functioned as the drummer for a couple of songs. And then he came and was the front man and the uh, actual drummer tagged in. Wow. So that's essentially what Hong Kong Fuck You is. And how do they sound? Heavy as all shit. I mean, uh-huh. they got three bassists. So Any guitars? No. Or just bass? <laughs> no guitars. Wow. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, man, there's singer. Uh, God, what was his name? I think it was Christian. It, I can't remember. He introduced himself to me, and I can't remember his name. But, man, he was such an energetic front man. He just had this... He just had this fucking crazy grin on his face. He was like, uh, he was just like downing water by the bottle and just spitting it back out into the crowd. I'm like, all right, uh, don't hit me. <laughs> all right, <laughs> Hong Kong, fuck you. That was the, that was the chant that got everybody rolling. And yeah, I went and talked to him afterwards, saying, "You guys fucking surprised me. Like, holy shit!" And it's like, hey, you guys surprised us. We didn't know what to expect. This is our first time here. <laughs> so, yeah, and I talked to their uh, their bassist, one of their bassists, uh, t- who was also named Eric. Oh, nice. Yeah, and we were talking. I was telling them uh, about Salt Lake and all the weird laws that we have here and the weird alcohol things that have been happening and da-da-da-da-da-da, and it was, yeah, just the same fodder that you would uh, that you would talk about at dinner with your uh, politically charged family. <laughs> Thanksgiving, maybe. <laughs> Okay. But yeah, that show was awesome, but that wasn't even the only show I went to that night. I went to meet up with some friends at uh, Aces, some of which were at this show, and they're like, hey, let's uh, post-game over at Aces. Yes, let's do that. And what should be going on there but an all-within-my-hands benefit show? Yeah, all-within-my-hands, for those of you who don't know, is a, is a charity that was founded by Metallica. 
Yeah, All Within My Hands is a uh, song from their St. Anger album, the oh. one that we choose to forget. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't forget about it now, because now it, one of those song titles holds the same as their charity. Right. Anyway, the so yeah, they were raising money for, the, uh, for that charity with a bunch of, uh, not a bunch, but a couple of Salt Lake uh, Metallica cover bands. The one that I got to see, I believe, was Damage Incorporated, so... That was pretty fucking cool. I was just sitting there listening to cover songs of some of my favorite Metallica tracks. I got there about halfway through the set, uh, but they were doing like uh, uh, they were doing the Justice Medley, which you can hear on their Life Shit album, which is yeah a medley of four songs from their Injustice for All record. And they played my favorite song, which is Ride the Lightning. Yep. And then uh, I remember I heggled them for a minute. I was like, Hey, when are you gonna play Mama Said? <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that song, but it's a song from Load, which is basically, uh, uh, which is basically just uh, James Hetfield crooning as if he were uh, Toby Keith. <laughs> That's his uh, country song with the twang and everything. It's just so cringy. But he started singing it. This wow. guy. And I was like, oh man, I was joking, but okay. Let my heart go. They didn't have the twang because the guitarist was like, I don't know how to play that song. He's like, well, I don't know how the chords go after this either. And he was trying to figure it out on stage. This was all while their bassist was out taking a piss. <laughs> so yeah, that show that show was pretty fun. I was there just to I was there just to kind of hang out. So that was kind of a bonus. Yeah, anyway, that's all I have. I mean, that's a lot. Like I said, two weeks worth. One of which was a gigantic show. So hey, this is what you signed up for, kids. That's all I have from the shows that I attended. Now, how about the shows that are uh, coming up? Right. All right. Let's uh, let's get into that. Uh, if you've been in Salt Lake, you know that Kilby Court does a block party every year. And, well, the block party doesn't really have so many uh, punk bands on it, if any. I think the closest thing that comes to a punk band is the Pixies. Okay. And they're punk-ish, I guess. But, you know, they're not a proper punk band, in my opinion. They're more alternative. Right. Yeah. And we got, we've got we gone on many, many uh, tangents about that. But, right. But, yeah, that'll also have The Strokes and Run with the uh, run the Jewels and uh, a few others. It's a pretty stacked lineup. But what I want to be talking about is the Block Party kickoff, which will be at Urban Lounge. That will have none other than The Bronx. Oh, man. And that's tomorrow. That is on the 11th. I want uh, – well, you'll be listening to this on the day of, so – I really want to go see the Bronx. You really want to go see the Bronx. It'll cost $36 with fees. So let's try and sneak in. (laughs) (laughs) That'll That'll be at Urban Lounge. Starts at 7 p.m. On the 12th at Aces, the band Escape from the Zoo is coming to Salt Lake. Cool band. Yeah, they are a cool band. They'll be on the tour with uh, Doom Scroll, and they'll they'll be playing with our friends in Captain Daniels. Oh, cool. Yep. Well, our friend Captain Daniels and his friends, the Sunnybrook Sailors. <laughs> That'll be $15 unless you wait till the day of to pay it. That'll be $20. Starts at 8 p.m. Get early. Yep. And on the 13th, I am uh, saddened to say that I'll be missing this show because I will be in Las Vegas for the Sick New World Festival. But since that is not happening here, let's talk about the show that is happening here. This is Armed for Apocalypse playing with Throws and Last. That'll be at Aces High. It'll be 8 p.m. Uh, I forget what the actual price is, but they have the flyer posted. You'll be able to see it. 
And this is also during the same time that Obituary is playing on at the complex. <laughs> Another reason why I'm pissed that all these shows had to line up in the same weekend. Right? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but it's okay. Just remember, you're seeing System of a Down, you're seeing Killing Joke, you're seeing Body Count, you're seeing Corn, you're seeing Deftones, KMFDM, Ministry, Skinny Puppy, Billy Valo, Cold Chamber. You'll be fine. <laughs> these bands don't even tour anymore, most of them. Uh, but bands who are touring on the 16th next Tuesday is Black Dahlia Murder with Frozen Soul and Fuming Mouth. But in the span, in this uh, fucking cauldron of all this death metal, we have Terror. So Terror is going to be playing to a lot of death metal heads. There's going to be death metal heads. There's going to be uh, hardcore kids in there. It'll be like your average uh, Gate Creeper show. Awesome. And I've seen both of those camps go out in those pits, and they, it gets pretty rad. It's pretty wacky. Okay, and uh, next Wednesday on the 17th, DRI is returning to Utah, not Salt Lake, but Ogden. They'll be playing with Intent, Dre's Method, and Necropsy at Kamikazes. That'll be $18, and I'll be going to that. It's DRI. How can I miss that? (laughs) And then on the 20th, we have Bitch Fest over at Aces High. Bitch Fest will include Savage Master, Hell Fury, Hoaxed, Ritual Moon, and P.S. Destroy This. And finally, on the 21st, the mighty GBH and MDC and NIIS, the show of acronyms, will be playing (laughs) at Urban Lounge. That'll be $28 with the fucking fees, and it starts at 7 p.m. So if you want to get your uh, PRB shoes on early, then go check out that show. Right. Anyway, that's the extent of all shows happening in the next uh, 10 days. And we'll check back in with you next week or the next month where we'll have a lot of uh, stories to tell about our little uh, Memorial Day weekend excursion in Las Vegas. Absolutely. Uh, I got a few to mention. If you are in Oakland on the 13th, this Saturday, go check out. It's at the Golden Bull. Go check out Oil, Reckless Upstarts coming down from Canada, Brigada Vendetta, and new band Fringe Benefits. It's 10 bucks, 21 and older. Show starts at 8. Love Reckless Upstarts, so you should go check them out if you're there. And Oil, I don't know if anybody's listened to the Punk Rock Mystery. I told Eric to because I want his opinion, but I did a couple Punk Rock Mystery episodes over on Punkanoi Worldwide. And on the last one, which came out last week, uh, one of those bands kind of, it was a direct. You'll have to check it out, but in direct um, cover or whatever of the band Oil, one of their releases. So uh, go check out Oil. They're great. Uh, <laughs> if you've seen it or if you have not seen it but heard it, go check out those punk rock mysteries. It's, it's a mystery to me. Maybe nobody else gives a shit, but uh, I did. Go, go check them out. Oil is on the last one that came out last week. Next. <laughs> it's, uh, real quick, what's funny? This is a bit a deep trivia fact. Oil was the name of uh, Darren Miller's first band. This was one of the, this was like the embryonic stages that turned into CKY. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oil was the name of his first band. So I doubt it has anything to do with them. <laughs> nope. Different band. Uh, they're an oi band. Uh, oi ish. Like, oi, I think they're kind of like spoofing uh, <laughs> some of the stuff originally, but uh, cool nonetheless. Uh, if you are in South Korea, I, I can't remember. It, it's in Korean. Uh, half of it is... Uh, anyway, punk rock wrestling. So you get punk rock and wrestling 
Fuck Beer is what it's called. It's on the 13th, so it's coming up this Saturday. Ska Sucks, Green Flame Boys, 18 Fevers, band that we play on the show, uh, 80XHD, Body Pile, and AKW. Doors open at 5. Uh, go check them out. Go follow 18 Fevers. It's at 18 Fevers on Instagram. Get more details, but if you're over in that neck of the woods, you should definitely go check that out. Uh, then we have on May 13th, this is at the Regal Inn. It's on Carson Street, and I want to say it's in L.A. area. Uh, you can go see Sorry State, Public Nuisance, Carpet, L.A.'s Forgotten. I like that band a lot. And Splinter, who we've had on the show. Just want to mention those. It's a $10 show. It's 21 and older, though. 7 p.m. Go check it out. Rotten Tunnels. It's kicking off the end of a decade. Nanette's 59th birthday celebration. Then you can go see Reckless Upstarts uh, on the 19th at Chelsea Underground in Windsor, Ontario. They were going to be in Oakland the week before. Then they'll be back up in Windsor, and they'll be playing with Violent Way, Brain Itch, and Behavioral Issues. Music starts at $9, $17 in advance, or $20 uh, in, at the door. We Walk Alone record release show. Uh, go check those guys out. That album is awesome. And finally, a couple bands on tour, Some Kind of Nightmare. Uh, they are currently on tour. They'll be in Bisbee, Arizona on the 11th, Tempe, Arizona on the 12th, San Diego, that's their neck of the woods, on the 13th, a to-be-announced show on the 16th. So you can go to at some underscore kind, underscore of, underscore nightmare, underscore band on Instagram and get those updates. But it's probably somewhere in between Bakersfield and San Diego, as they will be in Bakersfield on the 17th. Santa Cruz 18th, San Jose 19th, Berkeley 20th, 21st, Tarzana, back in Arizona at Yuma on the 25th, and then at Punk Rock Bowling on the 26th. I'll talk more about that as it comes because they're going to be on tour through mid-June. They'll be on the move. Currently here in the States, Grade 2 is on tour, and they are in Sacramento tonight, but they'll be in Portland on the 12th, Seattle on the 13th, Boise on the 14th, and yes, Salt Lake City at the Beehive on the 15th, playing with Crazy in the Brains. We had Christoph on the show about six months ago. They'll also be playing with Slaughterhouse. That's a show I am going to be at. Uh, and then they'll go to Denver, Kansas City, West Chicago, St. Louis, and Austin on the 23rd, San Antonio 24th. They have a to-be-determined show on the 22nd. Uh, you can go to at grade2iow for Isla White over on Instagram. Tucson on the 26th. Scottsdale on the 27th. That wraps up their tour. So uh, definitely get out and check out Grade 2. They are awesome. And the final thing that I'm going to mention is the band Aggressive is going to be on tour. They're going to be here from Germany on tour with Hard Cell starting on May 18th in Austin uh, at Kick Butt Coffee. And then on the 19th in Dallas at Three Links. Come to either of those shows. You'll see me. I'm going to be on tour. Not really on tour, but on tour with them. <laughs> Just those two shows. Uh, I'm going to go do some filming, talk to the bands, do some stuff. I'm going to go check out both of those. So looking forward to those. And then they'll go to Oklahoma City, Kansas City, Minneapolis, Milwaukee, Columbus, Nashville, Memphis, Tulsa, the 20th through 27th. You can go check out those shows. That's all I've got. Come see me next week. Eric, 
What do you got? Uh, anything else to add? Or are we ready to get back to the tunes? Well, I got one more thing to add, but rest assured, it's not for a long time. But Total Chaos will be returning to Salt Lake with Acides okay. from Mexico. Cool. So, cool. so yeah, I'm excited for that. But that's not going to be until uh, September 9th. But they will be playing at Aces. Go figure. Because, <laughs> you know, Spence is well endowed with a lot of uh, street punk culture. So, of course, he knows Rob. Nice. So, yeah, and Total Chaos played there uh, last time they were here. So, yeah, pretty fucking badass. That's awesome. So, nice to see that they're uh, coming back. But Acidez, I'm excited to see them. Right. Fuck yeah. Anyway, that's all I got for uh, shows. And uh, once again, it was a loaded list. So are you still with us? <laughs> Great. <laughs> Let's talk about some more uh, music that we will be <clears throat> playing. So let's go back in time a little ways. Let's talk about my uh, debut performance on this show. Back in July 2019, was it? Yeah. Yeah, 2019. One of the first bands that I played was a song from The Bare Minimum. The song was Laptop Jockey from their, band, from their album Hit After Hit, one of my favorite albums that came out in the last decade. So being that it's uh, coming up on its 10-year anniversary, well, next year, it came out in 2014, but... Yeah, fuck it. I've been listening to this album a lot. I want to talk about it some more. <laughs> yeah, and I talked about Bare Minimum earlier this year as, uh, you know, for their last album that came out, which is also a pretty good album. <clears throat> uh, but this one is better. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, this one kind of uh, set the standard and, uh, yeah, kind of, the, uh, kind of set the caveat for these guys. But they have yet to reach these heights again. So let's uh, talk about it. <laughs> Bare minimum, they're uh, kind of so proclaimed as like uh, writing, uh, writing songs from thrashy bangers to like catchy, soulful uh, pop hooks laden with self-referencing lyrics, along with punchy criticisms about the world around them. And they say that it's kind of like a video game metal. <laughs> nice. Because yeah, if you listen to some of these songs, it just sounds like a uh, you know arcade machine music. And I mean that in the best way possible. So their album, Hit After Hit, is their first album. It, like I said, it will turn 10 years old next year. And buddy, let me tell you, it lives up to its namesake. Every song just feels like a headshot going for a TKO, like Party Alarm, Laptop Jockey, and Mucho Frio. Uh, and some are more somber somber tracks, like uh, Body and Soul and Destroy the Human Race, being the sort of a uh, break period. You know, they're in their corners, uh, you know, their trainers giving them water, wiping them up with the towels, you know, before going back in for another thrashing. And nice. the final track, All Is All, serves as sort of the uh, victory song. You know, the fighter is raising his arms in the middle of the ring, re relishing in the praise. Yeah, I'm making a lot of these references to boxing because the cover is literally two fighters, two boxers in a match. So the title and cover are accurate to one's presumptions for this album, as it sure does deliver one hit after another. Nice. So yeah, Laptop Jockey, that is probably my favorite song on this, uh, on this album, uh, mainly because it's uh, uh, poking a little bit at, uh, it's making fun of uh, record DJs, you know, on and off the radio. Um, and I was just like, yeah, they're making a, uh, a reference to another brick in the wall. And it's during that little uh, breakdown in the very end. We don't need no education. We don't need no thought control. We don't want your shitty selection. We can find some other place to go. 
I love that. So yeah, Laptop Jockey, but the fact is, I already played it, and there are other songs on this record, which I'm sure you can tell, that are really good, <laughs> based on what I said. And so the first one I want to say is uh, Nerd at a Punk Show, and it's sort of uh, criticizing a lot of the uh, machismo that surfaces in punk and hardcore crowds. You know, it's sort of intimidating the meek, and sort of like dissuading them from wanting to stick around. You know, not all of us are a uh, John Joseph or a Roger Murray. Some of us are a Milo. <laughs> <laughs> I am alone in a crowd that thinks they are alone. <laughs> yeah, I love this song. So, uh, so yeah, let's get into it. This is a nerd getting into a punk show. Question all of us are asking ourselves every day. <laughs> not it's when it's not what do we do, it's where do we go? Right? Yeah. And I personally like that better than uh you know when he's asking it as opposed to Axel Rose. <laughs> you know, and that stupid song about his kid that ain't so sweet. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Anyway. So yeah, Nerd at a Punk Show, that's a great one. It's definitely relatable to me because, you know, I may look like a fucking tough guy, but I don't want to fight anybody. It's stupid. 
And I have a head injury, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't need to be taking blows to my fucking head and the part of my skull that's thinning. Right. Yeesh. That's, uh, yeah. Anyway, so the, when I first heard this album, it was given to me by Slug to review it when it was still fresh back in 2014. And, and yeah, if you want to read that review, I'll, uh, I'll post it up in my link tree. You know, why the fuck not? It's, a, it's short. And this was back when we had reviews that couldn't go over the span of 150 words. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that was painful for I me. Bet. God damn. <laughs> uh, but the song that stuck out to me the most was Snake Charmer because, my God, does that have such a fucking catchy hook. It just grabs you and just yells at you, You are a Snake Charmer. We are the fist. You are the armor. And, uh, yeah, if you can't tell by those lyrics, well, let me break it down for you. It's a critique against the people who are making the decisions in the scheme of warfare. You know, while their surrogates partake in the dirty work. Hence, we are the fists, they are the armor. So it's just basically, uh, it's just basically uh, challenging all those in their little ivory towers. The people who are moving the pieces, who are pulling the strings, the puppeteers, as it were. <laughs> you know? And it's like, all we are doing is uh, apparently following orders. You know, we don't want to, but we're kind of forced to. Right. So that's what the song Snake Charmer is all about. And oh my God, does this thing Ring your ears. Rattles your brain a little bit. So here is uh, Snake Charmer, my first favorite song from the bare minimum. So now it's sitting at a close number two. <laughs> Over the past two years, what began as a series of peaceful protests against the oppressive regime of Bashar al-Assad has turned into a brutal civil war. Over 100,000 people have been killed. Millions fled the country. In that time, America's worked with allies to provide humanitarian support to help the moderate opposition and to shape a political settlement. But I have resisted calls to military action because we cannot resolve someone else's
Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's songs like that that just sort of remind me of old school Rise Against. Like, I'm talking uh, pre-Siren Song. I'm talking pre-Revolutions. I'm talking when they were still more... Yeah, they were still melodic hardcore, but emphasis on the hardcore. (laughs) (laughs) Back before they wrote the song uh, Savior. (laughs) So, yeah, it's got that... uh it's got that skate punk vibe that's just like a later skate punk that had more of a metal edge to it because they got their little thrashy parts and those crazy drum fills. So it's music you can headbang to, but also skate to. But they got more somber songs, like I said. Listen to uh, Destroy the Human Race. I know the song sounds like it would just be absolutely maniacal, but it's not. It's actually more of a, uh, not a ballad type, but it's slower. And more focused on the sing-song parts about it. (laughs) But yeah, bare minimum, hit after hit. It's almost 10 years old, and I still love this album. I'm still noticing uh, there's still some little things that kind of bug me production-wise. Like, uh, you know, uh, the guitars seem a bit to uh, overdrape the drums. Uh. So so yeah, it gets a little uh, wishy-washy in there. But, you know, that's just a, a sort of minor complaint. You know, I just hope that it doesn't sound that way live, which I have yet to ha- experience. <laughs> God damn it, bare minimum. Do you even tour? Do you even tour, bro? Fuck. <laughs> anyway, that's all for there. Uh, that's all for them. Well, right now. <laughs> right. In the span of this episode, that's all I've got to say for bare minimum. But let's talk about a band who, where it will be the end for them. This is their last year as a band. Let's talk about the runts. Right. Or let's let the runs talk about themselves. <laughs> yeah, this is the interview portion. Right. So uh, we're gonna play a track, interview track, just like we usually do. You and Nicholas have a great conversation. We're about to play that. Yeah, that's a, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, we talk about a few uh, different run songs on here. The ones he had a lot to say were uh, "Jumpstart" and uh, ah, "Fuck Fortune Cookie." Right. So the first one we're going to play is a jump start. Then we're going to let Nicholas say the rest. This is The Runts.
And that was The Runts. And we are here with their lead vocalist, Nicholas. How are we today, Nicholas? Besides being sick, generally doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me, by the way. I appreciate this very much. Oh, yeah, of course. The yeah, the pleasure is mine. I'm stoked to have you on the show. I mean, I've seen you uh, twice already. I've seen the runts twice already. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I've just been uh, following you guys, and I understand that uh, you guys. This is basically your uh, last run, is it not? Uh, yeah. I don't know if we're gonna make these our last, like the last show in, in Salt Lake City. <clears throat> we're probably gonna come back later in the year, but this is definitely our last year playing as a band after this we're done well before we get into that i want to start at the uh at the beginning because you guys have been around for a while sort of uh on again off again throughout the 2000s were you yeah yeah so yeah we kind of started man it's it's all pretty vague but we started around 2005 and i think we you know i think i was like 15 or 16 at the time all of us are within a year or two in age so we were like 15 14 16 around that time when we started the band and we stopped in 2012, I believe. You know, a lot of a lot of major things happened in life. You know, uh, my brother went to college. I ended up going to college. You know, some guys got heavily into drugs and just weren't in the right place to continue pursuing music. So, you know, we understood those things. And we decided, you know, once things got pretty heavy, trying to keep the band together, we just wanted to take a break. So that was like 2012. And then sometime in 2020, I don't know, just something was kind of like just there was an itch in my life, you know, I, I joke and I say I, th- I had a third life crisis because, uh, you know, I was 31 at the time. And yeah, I wanted to pursue music again and see kind of what I can do, you know, and and see if, if we can make, uh, you know, reach some of the goals that we had previously established when we were younger. You know, we always wanted to, you know, spread our message to as many people as possible. You know, we believe that society uh, needs help and not necessarily people that mentor influence it but you know we want to find like individuals to kind of help our cause we we found you know kind of our calling to be making life you know enjoying life but not making it difficult for for others but right. yeah we started back in 2020 and things have exponentially grown at like it you know we just got announced the sound and fury last week which is something i would have never ever ever expected but um yeah yeah, we're grateful. We're, you know, we're super appreciative of every opportunity we're given. Yeah, that's awesome. I saw the, yeah, I saw the Sound of Fury post. Like, that's uh, at basically the West Coast. This is hardcore. It's still a pretty, uh, must, it, yeah, it just must be awesome getting called on for, like, a, such a heavyweight fest like that. Yeah, it was random, man. The One of the uh, organizers texted me. I actually met him at a Glitterer, sh- glitterer show, uh, and we chatted a little bit. But I, I didn't really expect much out of that conversation. To be fair, that that festival is, you know, we like to advertise ourselves as a punk band. And though hardcore came from punk, uh, you know, it's a it's a pretty different sound. A lot of those bands, you know, are, are vastly different in sound than us. So it's, mm-hmm. to get this opportunity to share that stage with some of these people, it's it's an honor. It's crazy, you know, and Sound and Fury, we gave them a sliding scale when they asked us what it would take for the runs to play. We gave them a sliding scale and we said, you know, here's X amount to X amount, but we don't want the money. We want to donate it to charity. And they're like, cool. And they picked the highest amount. And, you know, we're going to be donating that to probably LA Tenants Union again, just an organization that we like to heavily support. Yeah, that's awesome. What's the, yeah, what's the organization about? Uh, so LA Tenants Union, they look to help uh, individuals who are going through the eviction process 
uh, in most of these cases, it's unlawful, unlawful evictions. The thing is, you know, a lot of the people in our community, they may not be well versed with the laws and the regulations that the, the state may have to protect people. So greedy landlords are going to take advantage of that and get people out at the lowest cost possible. You know, we're very firm and housing is a human right. Uh, nobody was asked to be born in this world and then to further, you know, to further go into that, be born into a, a nation full of rules like this. You know, we have no choice but to abide by them. And so, you know, that's why we we're trying to help people just live a peaceful life, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, last year we had a, a show similar to that. It was a uh, we have a bunch of uh, property investors, uh, mostly from the the West Coast and the Northwest, who want to set up shop in you know, and build these uh, condos for cheap and rent them for astronomical prices. Mm-hmm. And that is, and of course, they choose the cheapest plots of land that we have here in Salt Lake. Some of them are like the ghetto areas, and they just come in with the you know just to gentrify the shit out of them. And that puts a lot of people out of their homes that have been living there and all people out of business. Yeah. So yeah, we raised them. So yeah, we did a benefit show uh, for, uh, for organizations. They stand up for, uh, for the rights of all these people who have, uh, who are residents. And, you know, they didn't ask for these people to come in and now they're like, kind of tripping over my words, but yeah, they are, they are bringing it to the, uh, they are bringing it to the attention and trying to force, uh, not exactly force, but influence uh, all these investors to, you know, seek other opportunities. Yeah, I, I think the disconnect between a lot of people and they don't understand why we believe what we believe. I grew up in a poor neighborhood. My parents, you know, they did okay when we were growing up. And my mom, my mom was the like a basic HR rep, and my dad was a waiter. You know, um, and at that time, they were able to purchase a home with those two incomes. And now, housing is in Los Angeles, especially, it's insane. Um, mm-hmm. people who are making $150,000 a year can't even buy a house, which is crazy. So, you know, while people are out there working and trying to just put a roof over their heads, they may not have the time and resources to educate themselves on how they're able to stay there or not. So that's, that's why, you know, we're part of LA Tenants Union. We help them out. You know, we try to get lawyers to come in and, and help out these people. And that's the beauty in, uh, you know, in the, the punk rock uh, ethos is like, yeah, we're, yeah, we may be uh, bitching, we may be expressing about this, but these are these are valid thoughts and valid complaints that we have. It's like, okay, it's one thing to say, but it's another thing to do. Yeah, of course. Yeah, let's uh, talk about some of the uh, some of the songs that you have. I'm proud of all the music that we've made, but you know, to be honest, the stuff when we made when we were teenagers, there were you know some political songs in there. Uh, Population control is one of them. I especially. I think it was pretty creative for us to be like 15 years old and to kind of think these things in America at that time, you know, even a lot of punk rockers were like, yeah, America, you know, fuck the terrorists, you know, or whatever. Right. And fuck George Bush. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know. No, they were just like, yeah, you know, like, you know, yeah, we got to go over there and take care of business. That that's, that's what the, the, the environment was, at least when I was a kid, when I noticed. So we wrote a song called population control and, you know, it's like the lyrics are like drop brew, uh, brew and bombs, right? Like population, like it, it was basically, it was basically uh, making fun of, you know, people who, who once stood for a, a no war campaign, which we believe in, right? For all of a sudden contradicting themselves and having this, this attitude that, 
you know, war was okay, only because we got tricked by the American government. But yeah, a lot of the older songs, you know, they revolve around alcohol and drugs, which I don't really connect with anymore. They're still fun to sing, and a lot of people like them, you know. About a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, we released a new EP, Broken Hearts Want Broken Necks. That was influenced, that name was influenced from one of my favorite songs ever by Modest Mouse, uh, which is my favorite band. Um, Pre-2003, just to be clear. Anything after that, they got some bangers (laughs) after that, but... But the earlier stuff is definitely way better. But the newer songs, oh, yeah. um, I, I love them. I think it's the best stuff we've we've made. Uh, it shows that we matured and we grew up. And the things that we sing about are definitely more important to us. You know, depression, heartache, uh, society. You know, and its troubles, uh, things like that. So it's it's a lot it's a lot more fun for sure. I think to play those songs. Yeah, absolutely. I love it when uh, I love it when bands, especially uh, you know, especially bands that kind of are. But present themselves as you know, heavy. It's like, yeah, they have these crazy distorted guitars. They're a lot. They're uppity. It's a lot of fun to mock to. But then you read the lyrics, and they're like, they're really kind of uh, fucked up. They're hurting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of like the audience for punk rock, right? Uh, from mm-hmm. my understanding, it started in the in the like sixties, seventies, and eighties, and it was a place for people who felt uh, not normal, right? to to find some cohesiveness so back then if you were gay you were shunned by society now we've been as a society we've become more accepting of that which is great right like we need to be so the funnel for punk rock gets smaller and smaller and yeah you're gonna have people that are that are completely messed up um but you know it's as long as they can get their aggression and their and their troubles out without hurting others i'm all for it yeah absolutely yeah, that's really the only thing that raises concern is like, even if uh, you and I have uh, differing views, it's like, I may not agree with you, but I respect it because above all else, I believe in freedom of choice. But it's like, if you're, uh, if your freedom of choice is to be the agent of injustice to another, that's where we start to have problems. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and that was also another thing that, um, let's see, I kind of found it uh, in the lyrics to your song, uh, Jumpstart. Yeah, I have it pulled up right here. I love the final line, hide your egos, we have war. I love that because it just, uh, you know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I read it as like if it's, a, you know, the idea of swallowing your ego, just like it, granting yourself that sense of humility so you can just kind of see the see world, the world in a way it doesn't really benefit you. Oh, yeah, totally. I, I, that's really great that you picked that up. Man, we, we could, a lot of the things, a lot of these questions are great. We could talk to them for hours. Um, but yeah, so so that specific point in that song, right? You know, you jump on Instagram, you see a bunch of like beautiful people, happy people doing cool shit. During COVID, a lot of us were, you know, stuck inside um, for good reason, right? I'm not arguing this that point, but a lot of us were inside. So we weren't necessarily seeing the troubles of the world through the lenses of which we should. So, you know, everyone had this like uh, rose colored glass perspective on life and i think you know social media has given people this like ability to to enhance their main character syndrome and so that's where you know swallowing your ego and like realizing if you're on instagram first of all you're pretty much coming from a place of privilege because there's people who don't have access to those things you know what i mean so it's like you need to to respect that point and further humanity by being you know a a person in good faith of making others comfortable to live in more comfortable living in this world 
Yeah, and that's sort of a that's a problem that I've been seeing ever since the uh, you know the social media boom. Pretty much. That's that's crazy, man. The world doesn't need more influencers. We need more mentors. You know, like I know it's like the people are using uh, Facebook and Twitter and uh, you know all those outlets and just. It, just seeing them as like reliable sources it's like it's not it's just uh, regular schmoes like you and me just sharing opinions yep yep and how do you know they're sharing opinions are they informed or are they just uh, reading the headlines and liking sharing it mm-hmm. you know some people say that it's like uh there's been a spike in that with social media i'm like eh, i don't really necessarily believe that it's a spike i believe that humans were always kind of that way we're just more aware of it because every one of them has a platform every one of them like uh, most people in this in this world have a platform for it yeah they take it too seriously sometimes mm-hmm. and they just uh yeah they just don't read too far into it it's like you read the headline not the article and you read one one from one source i mean all those big news outlets they have their own little little agendas they'll tell the same they can tell the story of the same event, but just completely differently. They'll focus on different detail. Yep. Yeah. I could go into a whole diatribe about that, but that's, well, I mean, that's kind of what we're here. Yeah, definitely. But, but yeah, I really loved uh, Jumpstart on that front. And on top of it, just being, you know, just, just being badass. <laughs> Thank badass you, musically and badass lyrically. So. Thank you. I so, appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. And I wanted to ask, ask you again, like, what was the idea of the song, uh, uh, fortune cookie like the the title itself just kind of grabbed me but i'm like okay what's the song about man eddie came up with that name i forgot why it was like my, my memory is just so bad but eddie our drummer came up with that name and it just kind of stuck at the time it made so much sense because it's like when you open up a fortune cookie you don't know what that's going to be right in life you 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 don't know what you're going to get but that song was mainly driven driven by like a, it sounds so lame, but it was just a breakup in my life. And um, yeah, it put me in a, in a bad spiral for, you know, two years. I was like drinking every day, smoking weed every day, uh, not being the best person I could be, um, lying to a bunch of my friends and family about my situation and stuff. You know, I grew up in a project like, uh, you know, a primarily Hispanic or Latino community. And we're not really taught to share our feelings as men which is terrible. We should be, and we should feel comfortable doing that. But yeah, I hid my feelings to myself until my friends really, you know, pride and, and got me out of that. But yeah, that, that song is more so about being true to yourself, seeing it out and sticking to your guns. This person in, in my life at that time put me in a crossroads where I had to pick either them or the band. And when the band wasn't doing anything negative for either of our lives, it just felt really selfish for that person to make me choose such a path. So it was mainly reflected at, at, at that person. Yeah, I just find that very slimy, giving people ultimatums like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, there was other, you know, other issues in the relationship. But yeah, ultimately, <laughs> it was that ultimatum. It's funny, though, because when I talk to other people about, you know, my feelings and stuff, it puts it in perspective that... Sometimes it's like, man, your pain is your pain, right? No one's going to understand it that way. I was in a, I was in a relationship and broke up. That happens a, a billion times. You know, people who have lost their children or, you know, have lost their spouse or partner. And, you know, it's like, man, I'm just, I'm just trying to get over a weak ass breakup, you know? So I understand that, that we should take our pain seriously. But yeah, it's just, it's funny when I talk about that song now, because it's like, that problem will be 
minuscule when I'm older, you know, but it had such an impact in my life at that time. So yeah. Crazy. And that's sort of the thing is like, uh, you know, you have a, it's like, yeah, I have a problem. Everyone has got problems. Yes. Everyone's got problems. They have their problems, which are unique to them. This mm -hmm. is my problem. It's unique to me. I have to find a way to handle it so I can better myself. But part of handling that means that I have to accept the pain that's coming through. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's a sort of, yeah, that's the mantra that I choose to choose to live by. It's like living your life comparatively. It's good when you uh, compare it to other people's problems because it does kind of put you in your place. But if you go too far with that, that just means that you're like shoving it down. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's like, I mean, yeah, that saying is so true and it's, it's kind of annoying how much we have to say it, but yeah, balance is obviously key, you know, even in, in being mm -hmm. too empathetic, right? You spread yourself, oh, yeah. you spread yourself too thin. You won't be able to address the serious problems that you need to, you know, and you're just kind of creating more for yourself. Yeah, and even on that front is like, if you're going through some problems and you're just trying to fill the void with the multiple projects and all these things to, mm -hmm. to sort of distract you it's like yeah i know i've done that i've done that on breakups i'm just doing stuff to numb the pain but just putting a band-aid over cancer so to speak yeah definitely yeah. it's like at some point you really gotta you really gotta face it you can ride on cloud nine for only so long but then those those clouds are gonna unfold and you're gonna come crashing back down to reality i've been in that situation many times but you know i'm still still here and the reason that we feel that is because we are, you know, we are conscious featherless bipeds roaming around this planet, fumbling for meetings. And mm -hmm. Part of the and part of that whole thing is just uh, figuring out what hurts us. Yeah, that's funny. I was like, uh, people ask me like, "What do you think happens after this life?" And it's kind of unfortunate because I'm like, I think it just goes dark. You know, we're parasites on a floating rock in space, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I love uh, kind of toying around with that idea in my head. I just think of, you know, we're in a simulation inside another simulation. We're just, you know, we're just plugged in like we are in the, like we're in the matrix or something. Mm -hmm. but, but, you know, I don't really embrace it full heartedly. It's just sort of fun to, you know, to toy around with that idea. Yeah, of course. I don't concern myself with everything that's going on in the afterlife because I'm like, well, if I get too focused on what may or may not be, then I lose sight of what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. I do what I can to, for the betterment of my life, but also not at the expense of others. That's just how that's just how I'm wired. That's how yeah, I think yeah. most people are. It's like, I'm trying that's to live my outlook. life. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to be a dick to anybody. Yeah, no, it's a great outlook for sure. Yeah, like that was the, uh, remember, that was sort of a turning point of my life when I went to, I went to Warp Tour uh, for the first time in 2000, 2009, and I saw the band uh, Gallows perform, and I remember when I first uh, saw them, me and my friend, we were uh, like swimming through the sea of people and we got our mm -hmm. way into the mosh pit area. And then we find four of the five members of Gallows, not just playing in the crowd, but like getting into it, like moshing with everybody and just going absolutely nuts. It was like culture shock for me. And yeah. I was like, okay, this is interesting. The singer's Frank banging the mic on his head and blood's pussing down from his forehead. Great. This is awesome, I guess. And then he, but then Frankie goes on this huge uh, rant on like in his thick British accent. Don't matter what you believe in, if you're Christian, if you're Jewish, if you're Catholic, when you die, your body will rot in the fucking ground, and that's a fact. I was like, <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. I guess uh, 
that's a, that's one way of putting it. But that was where I just sat all this. Uh, yeah, I didn't grow up uh, religious. I wasn't indoctrinated in any religion. But when you're like me, you're growing up in the suburbs of Salt Lake City. You either know someone who is or is related to uh, someone who's Mormon. So that yeah, that faith is going to leak into your mindset as it did mine. So I just kind of had this uh, fear of like, uh, oh, God, I'm sinning. I'm going to go to hell. You know, the hell that everybody uh, describes and, you know, that stuff. But when I heard uh, Frank Carter say that, I was like, yeah, you know what? I really shouldn't give a fuck about what happens after I'm dead. I should be focused on what happens while I'm alive. Exactly. Thank you, Frank Carter. Thank you, Gallus, for putting that in probably the most blunt way possible. It was at that point I just went forward with uh, this vision and obviously and look back. We talked about your band, talked about, but what about afterward? I remember seeing your uh, posts on on Instagram, how you were expressing your interest in getting involved in uh, uh, in the community and in uh, and in politics as well. Yeah, that's primarily the reason why the band's going to stop. You know, I've I've had this discussion with a lot of a lot of people, and it's kind of funny to hear everybody's opinion. But you know, to me, punk rock is never about money or clout. The runs are for what, however you want to define success. At least for myself, I think the band has gotten to some moderate amount of success, right? And we're just becoming like I'm coming to an age where it just doesn't make sense for you know a 34 year old person on stage to be yelling you know, to everybody else in the crowd, how to how to change their life and society and to make it better when I'm not actively doing it. When you're in a band, you're an entertainer and, and that's it. You know, a lot of times what we say falls on deaf ears. I want to try to fix the things that I complain about. And I feel that uh, in order to do so, I need to become a politician so that I know and have the tools to better help the people in my local community. Unfortunately, we're we live in a society of rules and the way that I can help our society is by modifying those rules to better us. Racism certainly exists in this world. Um, I think the rich use that to exploit us so that we're down here arguing about dumb shit instead of taking the fight to them, which is really the war versus the rich and the poor. But yeah, you know, at, at some point and we need to kind of we, we kind of need to be about what we're saying, you know, and, and it's, it's really only for punk. You know, I have friends that do all types of other music and make great livings. That's cool. You know, and if that's something that I wanted to do, then I would pursue that. But it's not. I like my regular job. Um, I want to I want to focus on one thing. It's when I kind of do my best work. And so it's just kind of time to get out of the band and, and kind of, you know, get to what I need to, I guess. Yeah, it's sort of like what you were saying earlier, how it's like, uh, you know, don't spread yourself too thin with too many projects. Otherwise, you get worn out faster. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, being in the band definitely helps my, like, as an individual, my popularity in my local community. Um, I just mm -hmm. hope people can see that through through the band, uh, everything we said and did, everything we said and did, uh, when, you know, we did that, and they see that, that we're just genuine people and we can like you know per, proceed in, in helping others in that way yeah that's really awesome i think we all got a pretty good idea on where you uh on where you stand on most uh socio-political issues i mean just talking about your lyrics it's all kind of self-explanatory there yeah um yeah. <laughs> but i mean what are the are there any stances outside of what you uh talked about that uh, that you want to tackle head on like what's sort of the uh what's the priority I don't know. I think in my neighborhood, it's it's mainly gentrification. You know, I can't 
so I need to be clear on this because even people like my peers and, and those in the neighborhood, I think they have it a little uh, mixed up. You know, I can't fault the family that moved from a more wealthy place to our neighborhood because they got kicked out by m more wealthy people, right? They're just trying to find a place to live. The people that I have a problem with are the, the developers who came into this neighborhood and exploit those who may not be well-versed or educated in banking standards and, and law, right? So for example, what happened a lot here is people bought their homes in the 90s. Let's say I'm I'm some rich piece of shit developer and you know, you're an immigrant who's living in a home, only concerned about having that roof over your head, right? I come up to you and I say, hey, I see, you know, you bought this home in the 90s for $70,000. Right there, most people are already thinking, how does this person know this information, even though it is public information, right? So they use that upper hand. And then they go forward and they say, you know, I saw you bought it in the 90s for $70,000. i will give you three hundred dollars cash right now. And you can, and, you know, we'll call it even or whatever not knowing that they could have gone, put it on the market and probably made 500,000 off of it, right? They were robbed of $200,000, you know, an innocent family that only because they didn't know a little piece of information, which is terrible. So I think that's primarily what I want to fight. In some places in, in the Northeast, it's a little late, but, um, you know, there are people that are still holding out and that could, you know, um, benefit from that information. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Identifications become a become a cancer on this place. It's like not even a if for the practical reasons that you were just mentioning for all the financial reasons, but also uh, sort of speaking in terms of uh, aesthetics. There's a there was a little microcosm of a uh, community over here. It was a uh, it's called Sugar House, mm -hmm. and it was uh, yeah back in the day it was full of a bunch of. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, mom and pop stores and it just had its own little, uh, it was its own little community. And when I started going to shows, all the punks and all the alternative crowd, they were all hanging out there. And because it was cool, it was just kind of like our place. And that was the first area in Salt Lake to get really gentrified. Now it's just, just a bunch of hoity-toity like uh, bars and restaurants and, you know, overpriced drinks, overpriced food and just these, yeah. and just these giant condominiums that are built terribly. One of which uh, last year, one whole building burned down because it was so poorly built. And, you know, these people that invest in those properties, they don't care. They're three states away. All they want to know, all they care about is if the money is coming back to them. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's a thing too. It's like the people that move into the neighborhood. If you want to support that little brand new coffee shop or whatever, that's cool. But make sure you know you also support the neighbor, the the businesses that have been there for decades. You know, oh yeah, with people out like that. Yeah, then Sugar House. There's probably just uh, there's five shops and uh, you know five shops and or restaurants that I've that I know off the top of my head that have been there for years. And they're like the lone survivors, one of which is Ranch Records, punk rock mecca of this city. Yeah, yeah, sick. Yeah, so it's it's nice to know that Brad's still going strong, just that little that little sliver of what yep. Sugar House used to be. Yeah, that's the thing. It just takes away its personality. It tried to fit like all of a, uh, all of a, like a Los Angeles metropolis in this little uh, suburb that's maybe two miles in, in diameter. Yep. It's just it's just crazy to me. It's so bad. And the people who live there, if they if they're dirt poor, then they're living in uh they're still living in dirt poor communities. At least mm -hmm. they look that way. But now they the rent skyrockets. That's terrible. And it's still happening. Apparently Utah has cheap land. Yeah. You gotta fight it, man. Yeah, like I said, we have people who are uh, fighting the uh 
fighting against those property investors. Mm-hmm. Gotta see if we got more because I want to keep uh, I want to keep raising that because it affects all of us. So yeah, it, now that you guys are uh, uh, are in the home stretch of your uh, of your fabled career as a band, what is it that you hope that people will uh, uh, remember the most about you? What is it you hope that uh, people will take away? You know, after having heard or seen your band and absorbed your lyrics and messages, that one's tough. It's hard because man, we don't, man. I don't know. We're we're just trying to have fun. We don't. We never expected any of this to shoot out to a a city elsewhere besides Los Angeles and have a few hundred people show up. Like it's it's all an incredible experience. I don't know. I I, I don't want to talk about inspiring people or anything like that. I, I'm I'm nobody great. I'm just a guy trying to help others you know i guess what i want people to see is that four regular people who enjoyed a common artistic form were able to put something together to hopefully spread their ideals like you know one of the best compliments that we ever got was when we were on tour with this band called the garden amazing band by the way they they really put us on so i can't thank them enough but you know when we were playing a lot of their shows some of the kids would come up and be like what kind of music do you play and you know with the biggest smile on my face it's just like dude we play punk rock um they never heard a guitar sound that way they never saw a drummer play that fast you know i hope that they i hope i guess from the runs we just open their minds up a little bit more and and go through the rabbit hole of what we believe punk rock is about i hope that they see we are good people we are trying our best you know if we hurt anyone along the way we are sorry but yeah, we're we're human beings just trying to make it easier for other human beings to be here, and that's it. Yeah, that's quite a that's quite a profound uh, answer there. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm trying to be yeah, a politician. Totally. Remember? <laughs> yeah, I know. So this is good practice. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Because I you know, not that I hate interviews. It's just weird to talk about myself. It really is. If you watch us on stage, you'll notice that I rarely look at the crowd. It's always us kind of just looking at each other. We kind of form this circle and, you know, our friends tell us, you got to look at the crowd, you know, you look kind of rude up there. And it's just, we don't think of those things. We're, we're not there to be popular. We're, we're just playing music. And if people like it and they fuck with it, you know, hop on the train and let's go. Yeah, seriously. You know, that's sort of like a, everyone's got their, uh, you know, got their gateway band or introductory band or bands, uh, you know, plural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just like what I was saying a while ago about how about how Gallows sort of changed my life, and it was also yeah, but it was on top of multiple bands. There were there were uh, punk bands that I was listening to at the time. Only I didn't know they were called punk bands. They were just yeah. it's like I heard it. I'm like, yeah, this sounds different from the uh, you know the avocado metal music I've been listening to. But it's all right. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I guess you could say Gallows was the band that just sort of pushed me in. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, so everyone's got that. I got that band. Sort of remember that, yeah, that turning point. And I like what you said about how kids are coming up to you asking, like, "What's your music? What type of music are you playing?" I've had that happen with uh, my band, and I'm just saying, nice. I just tell them, like, "Well, well, kids, like, uh, you know, we got honestly, I take uh, take a little bit from uh, this band and that band and different genres, so." I turn the, I flip the script on them. It's like, well, what do you hear? Yeah. And some people just say, oh, we're flat out punk rock. And other people say that we're, you know, we're thrash or some say we're metal. And I'm like, they're like, hey, cool. 
You know, you're not wrong on any of those fronts. We literally have all those different elements in there. Except uh, one, one funny answer that we got. We uh, uh, played this uh, show with one uh, band who is, uh, you know, unmistakably, they're a metal band. And one of their, uh, I guess, regulars uh, came up to us after uh, we played our set. And they're like, what type of music are you? You guys are kind of like uh, metal, but you have a lot of, uh, you know, breakdowns and stuff. I was like, uh, yeah, that's basically what we are. Yeah, I think you guys, uh, what do we call you, a deathcore band? I'm like, well, I mean, if, if you hear it, that's if you hear deathcore, that's great. But I can yeah. assure you that there is not one iota of music that has been inspired by any deathcore band. But <laughs> hey, if that's what you hear, that's what you hear. Yeah, yeah. Those those subgenres they get blurry. You know, it's not a big deal. And, but that's the beauty of it. And you know, I don't want to be beholden to any one sound or any one you know one type of music the idea is like that way it's easier to get on uh, multiple bills yeah definitely i feel like we have uh, much problems with that anymore now it's uh we're getting a lot of mixed bills here in uh, salt lake we got a lot of power violence bands and hardcore bands and even death metal bands they're all playing shows together at the same time yeah that's the it's, way to do it yeah damn right it's the way to do it because we're, Salt Lake City, we're just a, we're a small city. Ergo, we have a smaller alternative scene. So mm-hmm. if we, we can't afford to be fragmented, if we want people to show up at our shows, we all got to have to set aside our egos, forget the fact that there's a cool guy club. Because like, look at us. We weren't in the cool guy club. That's why we're here. Yeah, that's funny. I used to chase that acceptance from that club, especially being in the runs. But there is a point where... We just said, you know what? Fuck, fuck it. Like we don't, we don't care anymore. We're just gonna keep doing our thing. And now that cool guy club is, you know, now accepting us. And it's funny because, you know, not that I'm a vengeful person, right? I'm, I'm always going to be accepting. But now that I can talk on their level, I can hopefully show them, hey, there should be no cool guy club because that shit is lame. This is punk rock. Like, if you're gonna gatekeep. You know, besides shitty individuals, uh, there's no reason for you to be in this scene. Yeah. Yeah. My sentiments exactly is, uh, you know, does uh, coming into this scene is like, it, does, it doesn't matter where you come from necessarily. I mean, I remember when I was first getting into punk rock and seeing like all these uh, old heads who were, you know, strung out or alcoholics or basically street urchins. And I'm like, I'm just a kid who comes from a pretty, uh, a pretty well-off family, you know, I'm not in an abusive relationship or anything like that. I don't have an interest in drinking. I'm intent on graduating high school and furthering my education. Am I really a punk rocker now? <laughs> of course, I was young and I had to really figure out what the mindset was. But it's like I was saying, it's not about where you come from. It's what you do while in the scene. And the first thing mm-hmm. you got to do is just, uh, you know, be respectful. Yeah, definitely. It's just a it's just a common human ethic, which is unfortunately lost on some people. Some people want to come in and they want to just like, you know, take over the whole scene, just come in with a huge ego. It's like, come on, you're not a mogul. You're just a yeah, no room for that bullshit. Yeah, so that's what I love. But if you're coming in to do that, or even worse, if you're coming in and if you, you do, and if you start abusing people in you know, in multiple on multiple fronts if you become sexually abusive towards somebody or become mentally or physically then that's when that's when it's like okay people are coming into this scene some of them to avoid that because some of them do come from horrible Mm -hmm. backgrounds and horrible home lives 
if you're bringing that into this uh, this little thing that they've called their oasis, then you are part of the problem. We don't want problems here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and even the, and even then, the people who uh, just uh, turn a blind eye to that, it's like you're just as you're just as bad people. That's another channel of worms that I care about. Uh, to get mm-hmm. into. <laughs> it's just uh, otherwise I'll be talking all night. No, you're good. But yeah, that's really uh, pretty much all I have to. All I have to say, and that's pretty much all the all the questions I got for you. Is there anything you want to uh, you want to add? Any uh, like if you want to plug where else uh, we can find you, and also if you could uh, if you could name off the uh, cities that you will be playing at the I guess at the time of when this episode's released, which will be next Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're gonna be planning the rest of the year. We're gonna every city that we've been to before, we're gonna try to hit it again. Uh, we can't guarantee anything, obviously, because it's it's a lot to fill, and um, you know we definitely we definitely want to make sure we re- we represent our own city well. So we're going to prioritize LA as much as possible. But yeah, next Wednesday, I mean, we really only have Sound and Fury um, to worry about. There's a couple other festivals that we got added on, but I can't talk about those yet, unfortunately. But yeah, th- this year should be a good year if you have the opportunity to check us out. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, totally. You guys are, I'm speaking to you people, audience. <laughs> this is a band <laughs> worth checking out. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, of course. And, yeah. And where can we find you? I know you guys have a, have an Instagram and, and yeah, stuff we just, on all we just have an Instagram. We have an old Facebook, but yeah, Instagram, if you do at kill the runs, you'll be able to find us. We don't really do anything with Facebook anymore, uh, but that's pretty much it. Our, our only social media, a lot of videos are uploaded on YouTube by a lot of our supporters and, and homies that do videography and stuff like that. And then we have a website, killtherunts.com. That's uh, mainly where we sell our merch through. Uh, but that that's the primary function of that website. Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. And you guys have a, you guys obviously have a band camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that's just actually the runs one at bandcamp.com. There we go. Mm-hmm. Thank you, internet. You finally did something good for me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, I I appreciate you for having us on, man. This is this is a lot of fun. You know, if I if I sounded weird, I apologize. I'm just sick. I have a cold, and this is like the worst day right now. But I don't want to skip out on this. You know, um, Salt Lake City is a fantastic place to to play and and be in. You know, when we go up there, we have a lot of friends up there now, so it's cool to see all familiar faces. So we appreciate you, Eric. Thank you. Hell yeah, man! I appreciate you. Just uh. Making uh making our humble little community a stop on your tour. Hell yeah, of course, man. Yeah, and at the time of uh, this episode's release, I will have already seen you guys perform, but uh, I hope to see you guys again. I hope you make a stop here uh, one more time, at least one more time before you, before the runs are officially killed. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but thank, but thanks a lot, Nicholas. It was a pleasure having you on here. Yeah, of course, of course.
Bounce. Yeah, there you go. A lot was said in that uh, interview, despite it be- being one of our shorter ones. Right. Yeah. But that was the first time I uh, went solo on an interview for this show. Right. Yeah. So look at me finally pulling my weight. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a. It's okay. When we were, uh, you know, when we were talking with a villain, I pretty much, uh, <clears throat> and with Wake of Humanity, I basically just took over. <laughs> right. Sometimes I'm just uh, doing what I do, and you're taking the reins and just getting after it. Yep. Well, it gives you a kind of break. Yeah. You already do too much. <laughs> too much. Uh, but yeah, it was great talking with Nicholas and talking uh, talking about the runs and talking about what issues he wants to tackle outside of his uh, uh, outside of his uh, movements in the punk rock scene and into politics. Right. He's got some he's got some pretty radical views, most of which I agree on. And he was just great. It was just great talking with that guy. That's awesome. Yeah, wonderful person. I hope to. I hope to see him back here because they're going to do a few more rounds of touring uh, throughout the year, but uh, he has specified, and <laughs> yeah, what is the word? He's not even specified, confirmed. There we go. He has confirmed this will be the run's last year of existence. 2023. Yep, 2023, RIP, the run's. Uh, you had a damn good run. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we are going to wrap up the show now with Eric's metal pick. Last one of the show. What do you got, Eric? I got one of the newest songs from Portrayal of Guilt. Portrayal of Guilt, this is their, uh, they'll be having an album. Well, they have an album. They have an album that came out uh, last month on the, what was it, the 20th? Yes, the 20th of April called Devil's Music. And it's the Devil's Music, all right. If you heard Portrayal of Guilt, they had an album that came out just, uh, I believe it was last year. Yeah, last year called Christ Fucker. <laughs> yep, so now they moved on from Christ Fucker to Devil's Music. <laughs> now, and this is a weird album. Yeah, it's got the same, uh, uh, it's got that same sludgy industrial uh, type, mu- uh, type music that they've been known for, but the last half of this record is them screaming over weird string music. Just uh, totally unsettling uh uh, like music scores, pretty much. Like if uh, if you ever seen the Lords of Salem, uh, yes, yeah. So you know that uh, song that the witches are playing. That yeah, yeah. That's basically what it sounds like. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Only it sounds a lot better. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I didn't choose any one of those specific uh, songs. I chose one that is uh, you know pretty much uh, yeah. Pretty much the uh, portrayal of guilt that I'm uh, used to. <laughs> That's actually a pretty funny way of saying that. But uh, yeah, the name of this song is Untitled. Yeah, that just kind of went for broke. It's called Untitled. <laughs> and, it's a, and it's a banger. I fucking love it. Here is portrayal of guilt's new song.
yeah, that's uh, that's what Portrayal of Guilt sounds like. Cool. <laughs> At least half of this album. <laughs> like I said, the other half is sort of their, uh, uh, you know, screaming over demented classical music. <laughs> and the first half is their, uh, you know, sort of uh, blackened, uh, industrial-tinged uh, sludge metal. It sounds pretty close to uh, that of Primitive Man in most in most segments on this album. Cool. Only not as long. Not even a, <laughs> not not by a, if you will, long shot. <laughs> Primitive man is its own fucking beast. And uh, yeah, it's a beast. These guys are great though. I really yeah, I'm really loving this album. I want to listen to it some more, so I guess I'll just have to do that. And y'all should too, if you really like what you sound uh, what you heard here. Uh, be prepared for more. <laughs> Excellent. Well, time's up for the show. We're gonna wrap it up now. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Player FM, Podvine, Verbal, SLCPunkCast.com. Be on the lookout for some cool stuff, hopefully in store very soon, very shortly. Pay attention. I uh, hope you enjoyed this show. hope you enjoyed that interview. Thank you to Nicholas for doing the interview with Eric. Keep an eye on the runs. It's going to be their last year to check out what, uh, whatever they're doing, at least live anyway. Mm-hmm. The bands are found on Instagram at God Collider, at Wayward Brigade, at Dandy's Decadence, at Def Def Def. That's three Defs, but the last Def actually has two Fs. At Social uh, Escremento. FFF. <laughs> <laughs> at Bare Minimum Band, at Kill the Runts, at Portrayal of Guilt, and at SLC Punkcast. Eric, where can we find you? You can find me on my Instagram at scaryuncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. That's E R I C. Uh, my band Anonymous can be found on Instagram at anonymous underscore band official and on Facebook at anonymous SLC. My other band, The Apathetics, can be found on Facebook. Uh, yeah, Facebook at The Apathetics and on Instagram at theapathetics.slc. And you can find us both on our respective band camps, those being anonymous SLC and theapathetics.bandcamp.com. Uh, check out my other podcast, Lead Melodies, on Instagram at leadmelodies underscore podcast and on Facebook at lead.melodies.podcast.slc. You can stream the episodes on anchor.fm slash leadmelodies. And be sure to follow the SLC Hardcore page on Facebook. I'll be posting some more flyers soon. Awesome. The bands are found on Facebook at God Collider, at Wayward Brigade, at Dandy's Decadence, at Def3, and that's spelled out T-H-R-E-E, at Escremento Social, at The Bare Minimum, at The Runts, at Portrayal of Guilt. The show's at SLC Punkcast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Eric, any final thoughts for a wrap-up show? Well, once again, thank you, Nicholas, from, uh, yeah, for coming out uh, yeah, and playing the show and taking the time to uh, talk to us on our little humble podcast you were a joy and yeah hope to be talking with you again soon and yep that about does it play the fucking outro